Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. You gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give us a shot. Hey, whoever's got that, turn that off. Just turn that off. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clapback Sports. I am your host, The Mange. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tino. What's up, Tino? Uh, Mage, the Mets are in first place, and I will get to talk about the Nets later in this show. I won't do it yet. I won't do it yet. I know people get mad when we talk about it too early, but I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Mage. How are you doing? You doing good? I'm doing well, Tino. Thank you so much for asking. I really do appreciate that. Unlike Murph, who doesn't give a shit how I'm doing. Murph, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, you guys are keeping me up past my bedtime, but I'm ready to go. And uh, I have some news that Tino's probably going to like. Um, you know, it's draft week, so all the sources are out there, and sources are telling me this is probably going to be Evan Ingram's last week in Royal Blue. So, uh, yeah, how, how do you feel about that, Tino? Well, you know how I feel about that. that <laughs> Finish the intro. Yes. Don't trigger me this early. Don't trigger me this early. There is a reason why we are up past Murph's bedtime, and that is because we have a special guest with us, friend of the show, Mr. Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants. Bobby, how are you, Bobby? I'm doing good. Uh, we probably wasted 20 minutes of great podcasting before this, catching up, but I we'll try and recapture some of that. Absolutely. So Murph, let's lead off with you then. You got some breaking news apparently we haven't heard yet. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, sources have been telling me all day that it's probably Evan Ingram's last week in blue. But now Murph, what exactly are you hearing? Is it for a trade up? Um, I'm not hearing hits? anything. I was just trying to get you all triggered before okay. the show. So you're all hot I heard bothered. something about this though. I heard rumblings. I heard rumblings. It'll never happen. No, I'm just pulling off Shane, but um, that would be kind of cool if that was a, a little treat on Thursday. If we could trade up and get Penny Sewell and just give up Evan Ingram in that first pick, I would – Dave Gettleman could – we could go 1-15. I would never be mad at Dave Gettleman again. In look, and let's go full draft. There's a scenario where Penny Sewell falls to six, and the Dolphins are looking to trade back or do something with the pick because allegedly they want Jamar Chase. So if the Bengals actually go through with what they're saying and take Jamar Chase and Sewell falls, the Giants should be trying – to go to six, I would be. Why the hell not? Um, I was thinking about that today. I, I don't know. I don't know, though. I, I think it's going to be crazy. I think there's going to be some crazy offers at six. Depends what quarterbacks are there. That There's a lot of shit that can go down, um, depending on how three and four go. Well, before we get into the draft talk, I want to ask Bobby, because Bobby is the O-line expert. So, Bobby, you led off talking about Penesuo and how you wouldn't uh, mind if we went one and 15. But what is your confidence in this offensive line? Do you see any ability to shuffle it? One of the things I've talked about since the sign of Jonathan Harrison was that I think that that allows to seem to be able to shift Nick Gates to the guard position, start Harrison at center. Uh, some people have opposed that idea because they, they don't want to move Gates. But although I think he's an upgrade at the guard position, what is your confidence level in Matt Purse starting at right tackle? Do you want to start Shane Lemieux? What's your outlook for this offensive line heading into a draft? I would be fine moving Gates, but not for Jonathan Harrison. If we're moving, like if they get, you know, Creed Humphrey or somebody, and you know, they, if they get a center they like in the in the big early part of the draft, then I'm fine moving Gates. But I wouldn't do it for Harrison Thomas. I got a lot of uh, of hope for. 
Hernandez is just kind of like that baseline above average for me. So I'm actually I'm not worried about Hernandez. It's on last year of his deal also. Yes, that's true. Parrot and Lemieux both scare me. I now I like Parrot more than Lemieux. Like Parrot can be great. Like that's the thing is Parrot has the ability to be great. Where I think Lemieux probably like doesn't have that ceiling. Parrot does. But it's such a huge unknown right now. And then Lemieux will see, but banking on both those dudes to make like serious strides forward is, I mean, that's risky, man. So I, I, I probably, I'm hoping the Giants do get a good offensive alignment at 11, man. Cause it's, even if, if Parrot works out, like I would, my dream scenario is like you got Gates at center, uh, Parrot stays at right tackle, whoever we draft plays guard. And then you let Hernandez and Lemieux battle it out for that other spot. Like that's my dream. And I feel like that's a good situation for the Giants, but, Parrot is such a huge unknown that it's like, I like him, but I have no faith in him either. So let me ask you this question. I guess, would you rather take a, I'm going to assume that we're not moving up for Peninsula. So if Rashawn Slater's on the board at 11, do you pass on him, upgrade the wide receiver position, quarterback, uh, cornerback position, and then look to fill guard in the second and third rounds? What is a bigger area of need for the New York Giants right now, in your opinion? Is it guard or is it tackle? Well, with Slater, it could be both, you know? That's, and that's why I'd be on the Slater. Uh, I know he hasn't played guards, and I know that Duke Mayweather was getting mad at people for saying it, but it's like it's not crazy to think Slater can play a guard. Like, you see some of the traits there. Um, I really would, like, you know, like, last year when the Giants drafted Andrew Thomas, I was big on, like, no, he needs to play left tackle. Like, I'm fucking gung-ho about that. But with Slater, I'd be like, do whatever you guys want, whether it's Parrot starting or Lemuse, like, do whatever you want. Um, so what was the question? Who do I have more hope in, Lemieux or, or Parrot? Or? Well, what area do you think is a bigger need for the New York Giants right now, tackle or guard? I think it's interior offensive line as a whole. Yeah, let's say guard because you with Parrot, it's it's like one singular question mark. With guard, it's like what is Hernandez going to be? You know, like can't like is Hernandez even in relation their plans? to center though, Bobby? I, I think the Nick Gates question. My thing is my overall concern is that the big three right there all struggle in pass pro, in my opinion. So all the pressure, regardless of how bad our tackles play, I just feel like right now there's just too much heat. For whatever reason, I just think the three of them can't communicate with each other. Will, I'm convinced Will does not talk to his teammates because I don't understand how we can't pick up stunts at all. I will say this, though. The right side was way worse at picking stunts up than the left side, and that's including with Will Hernandez. Like, And I love Kevin Zeidler. Him and Cam Fleming like were way worse than that than Andrew Thomas and Hernandez. It's just kind of like, Thomas was the rookie and Hernandez is kind of like, you know, the black sheep right now. And so they like theirs got noticed more, but it was like, like that Arizona game. It's like three of those sacks were by Fleming and Zeitler not being able to pick up stunts. But then Um, to that point too, though, right tackle then probably is almost the biggest concern. One cam Fleming was there last year. And two, you said yourself, you're worried about pert. And then if it's not pert, who do we have there? Solder. I'll I'll say pert's the biggest concern because as much as I, he can be great, like we don't know if he will. So I'll say Pert. Uh, let me throw this to Murph real quick because Murph has been talking about moving Pert inside. Murph, why don't you go ahead and talk about why you think he could move to guard, though? That's old news. I'm kind of over that part. I mean, you and I were arguing about this earlier, but I don't really think that drafting Slater means 
Parrott will go to guard. I mean, I know I've said it before. He's started 14 games in a run-heavy offense. But like I was telling you earlier, Mage, why can't we draft Slater to be a right tackle at, at 11 and bring in competition? This team loves competition. We need competition on the O-line. We haven't had any injuries in the last year, and that's, like, completely unheard of in the NFL. So you bring in Slater. If he beats Parrot. Whatever, he beats him. If he doesn't, you got a solid guard. And you know what? If Parrot goes down or Andrew Thomas goes down, you have options on the line. I agree about the competition, but I almost feel like if you go Rashawn Slater at 11, you still have to look at taking offensive line in the second round then. Totally agree. It it doesn't fix the interior of your uh, offense at all. So if he does beat out Matt Perth for the right tackle position, I mean, could Solder possibly play guard? I mean, it, I, I the question no I want to ask Bobby: no. <laughs> Matt Hurt is six foot seven. Are you sticking him at either of the guard positions, Bobby? No, it'd be Lemieux and Hernandez, or unless Ful- unless Fulton somehow won. So now That's you end the- up with a third round pick and Matt Hurt on your bench. You end up with Soldar on your bench. I, I guard still becomes a need for us. And, I, and that's, I'm okay taking two O linemen, man. I that's really kind of am. my point, though. Is like with taking an offensive lineman at eleven. It's like even taking an offensive al- at alignment. At 11, it's like it still doesn't fix our O-line, so that should show how much of an issue it could fucking be. And then you take a guard-center combo who's versatile later, and you have more options on your line. You can move Nick. You got Harrison. I mean, for me, from Joe Judge's first day here, he wanted guys to be cross-trained. And from what it looks like with the vision of the O-line going forward, I don't think they're worried about how many bodies they have at all. They want the best five. And they're going to take the best five. I mean, look, if you're telling me that we draft Rashawn Slater at 11 and we get Landon Dickinson at 42, and that fixes our I offensive line and Daniel Jones is upright for the entire season, I'm fine with it, guys. Honestly, I really am. I, I, I mean, I, I said on Twitter, people would hate me if I was a general manager. I would draft an offensive lineman at first round of every draft until we got it right. That's what so, I'm talking about, man. But, I mean, as of late, I've been more on the Waddle train because what I think it does for this offense, Tino. Uh, I wanted to say that the picture of Landon Dickinson, uh, Dickinson in his uh, Giants jersey is one of the best pictures that are out there in terms of recruitment. It'll probably show during the draft, especially if the Giants do draft him. Um, I also wanted to mention, though, I think versatile lineman is – I'm starting to soften up to Vera Tucker since last week, since we were on here – watching tape while we were doing the show. I was like, this guy could really play left guard. He could play some tackle. Like, I really wouldn't mind Slater or Vera Tucker. If, like, I feel like we could move back a couple spots to get Vera Tucker. I don't think we need to take him at 11. But say Slater does end up going inside the top 10, which in some places he could go. Uh, I mean, it leaves us in a situation we've talked about. Best defensive player available, however you would view that, uh, whether it's corner or end. And then the plethora of linemen that are there. And I think out of all the guys available, worst case scenario, if Slater is not there, I like Vera Tucker the best. And I would still dress linemen in the second round too, or the third. I, I mean, it, there are guys out there that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind drafting later on, even if we took a lineman in the first round. Gentlemen, he's not afraid to draft over, man. I mean, trust me, I want Matt to work out more than anyone else. I want him to be our stalwart right tackle for the rest of eternity, but – if they feel like he's the better player at 10 or, and he's a top 20 player in this draft, I, I don't see how you can pass on him with such a huge gaping need on, on the whole, on the line, even though you have two tackles um, at that position already. But I, I mean, that kind of leads me, I don't know, Mish, can I, can I lead into my next point? Like 
it's the same thing. It's kind of the same argument with corner, man. I mean, it's the same thing for me. Like if that's BPA and they feel like that's the best player on the board, like I'm okay with it, dude. Even though we have the stable, I'm okay with it because those two, those are two position groups that you can never have enough of and very important pieces on a, on a football team. Well, let me ask Bobby's question. Bobby, how much are you buying into the news that came out today that this front office is split? between Devontae Smith, uh, J.C. Horn, and Micah Parsons? I'm not buying into anything unless it comes from Clapback Sports. Um, <laughs> well, Evan Ingram's last day, sir. Right now, I, so I hope so. I, I want to believe that one, so I'm going to go with that. Although I did get fucking got by that Chargers thing today. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. If they draft a corner, I'm not going to be mad. But I'm also going to be fucking pretty disappointed because – you know what? Yeah, they have James Bradbury, Adore Jackson, Donnie Holmes. One injury away. But it's like, okay, we're one injury away from playing Yeadham, who we played all last year on a top 10 defense. You got McKinney played a little corner. Julian Love played a little corner. So, like like I said, I'm, I, you know me, I'm not going to get enraged by a draft pick regardless probably. But it's like, man, you have those offensive linemen, the wide receivers. Hell, you know, Mike, even an edge, it's like, you know, you you may think you reach, but that guy's probably going to be your best player at that position right away, most likely. So corner, like I said, like Murph said, it makes sense. You, you know, it, it is a position you want to get depth for and, and, and grow from the future, but it it's going to get the most blare reaction out of me. Well, also, it, the reason why I ask you whether or not you buy into it is because the curiosity there is peaked that not an offensive lineman was named. So they're looking at defense, they're looking at offense, and then looking at cornerback. So could that believe or lead to an argument that I had earlier with Murph is that they believe they have their right tackle on my perth. They're not looking at offensive line in the first round. And that yeah. they will look at the interior offensive lineman possibly in the second. That's that's and I wouldn't be like I like if they take one of those wide receivers. I'm thrilled, you know, like, pretty, like, like I, and I, and I could like, I can convince myself in two minutes to why wide receiver is the right pick. So if they get like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, like I'm thrilled because that really, even, even if the offensive line struggles, that changes things, you know, especially with Galladay, like Galladay, Galladay really does change so much for this entire team. So, it, you know, I'm not like, I'm not crying mad if they don't go, like if last year, if they didn't pick an offensive tackle, I would have been kind of pissed. Or it's like whatever. Yeah, well, I would agree. This with year, that it's like too. they could do basically anything, and you won't get me mad. But if, if I, I think the other aspect that people forget about here is that what adding a wide receiver like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle actually does for the offensive line, being that you added Kenny Galladay in the offseason, you're getting back a Kenny, uh, a healthy Saquon Barkley. You added Kyle Rudolph to this offense. You got John Ross who can take the top off a of defense as well if needed. Slayton still has his speed. I mean, adding a second wide receiver like a Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle does a lot for the offensive line as well. Um, teams with the weapons that we may have may have to play more of a 3-3-5 like the Giants might play this year. So you won't be able to send eight on Daniel Jones. Uh, you right. won't be able to stack the box against Saquon Barkley. I mean, you have to probably play, what, two safeties? And we were one of the most blitzed teams. And it's like, okay, we got Kenny Galladay. And Jalen Wall on the other side. I dare you to blitz us. I exactly. dare you to blitz us because we're going to put Gallaudet on a go ball and Wall on a slant. 
please try and play man coverage and, and blitz against that. So, and yeah, you like, mentioned that this defense was top 10. They were ninth in uh, scoring defense. I mean, where did offense rank? 31st in points? Yeah, second last I, to the fucking Jets. I, I mean, it's an obvious need. I don't think Kenny got adding Kenny Galladay fixes that. Tino? So I wanted to, I don't want to get fully off the wide receiver train, but you guys mentioned him before. So I'm, I, I, I'm just curious on some Micah Parsons takes uh, real quick. Because from everything I'm hearing, out of, out of all the guys that are there, and I thought Justin Fields might be the guy that like falls super far, and he still could be. But Parsons, out of all the guys that are supposed to be top five, top ten picks, he's like locked into fall for some reason. He's like not going in the top ten in most places I'm hearing or looking at, unless he goes to Dallas. But at this point, it's like, unless he goes to one of the NFC East teams, God knows how far he's going to fall because who's going to take the chance on him. Everyone's freaking out about his off, off the field stuff. To me, I have zero problem with it. I'm just, I'm just curious the overall thought on this. Like if Dallas doesn't take him, like, do you have like a character concern with Micah Parsons? Parsons is my favorite defensive player in the draft. Um, I think he, I think he's real deal. So with the character concern issues, that's one thing where it's like us on the outside looking in. It's like, I'm just not going to like, unless it's blatant and there is some stuff out there on him, but then it's like, the more you look at it, it's like kind of murky. And it's like, was he even involved in this? So that's like the one thing where it's like, they, they are going to know 10 times more than I am, you know, unless you're like the Cincinnati Bengals where you just embrace it. Like if they take them, then I'm fine with it. If they don't, and we, you know, find out two, two, three years from now it shows up. I'm like, Oh, maybe that's why they didn't take him. I still stand by that we should have drafted Laramie Tunsil and they didn't because of his character concerns of smoking a bong. And I personally think we should start gearing towards taking the guys with character concerns because more often than not, they pan out. Not all of them do. Not all of them. Isaiah Wilson didn't, but some of the... Oh, DeAndre, that guy. DeAndre Baker. That guy is on... That guy, Isaiah Wilson's worse <laughs> than DeAndre Baker to me. Oh, yeah. at, least, at least DeAndre Baker showed up to practice. Yeah. That dude is nuts. The Dolphins, like... I've been a dumb kid and no one could say anything to me. And I hate to like, oh, like, you know, you blew the, the blew the opportunity to life. It's like, yeah, but money makes you a worse person. But like getting cut after one year, the Dolphins sign you and you just like don't show up and you're putting and you're broadcasting like on Instagram stories of you like, dr like driving drunk and like, you know, dancing on top of car. That guy might be the dumbest person I've ever like to ever go through the NFL. So I did a mock draft yesterday on a podcast I do with Mr. Chris 172, uh, the fantasy football shop. And at 11, we had Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Micah Parsons, and Rashawn Slater all available, um, which would be a little crazy. But again, if these quarterbacks go early, team straight up for them, we could be in that situation. So, Bobby, my question to you is, Micah Parsons makes this defense better, no doubt. But they were the ninth best scoring defense in the NFL last year. At that point, do you want to make this defense better, or do you want to make the offense better, being that it was a weakness last year? I'm I'm offense. Like I, I think I'll, I I like I put together the list. So I'll put it out tomorrow on Twitter. But my list right now of like I'm assuming four QBs go and, and Pitts goes is Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, Rayshon Slater, AVT. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and then Micah Parsons. So I, I, I'm I'm like all on the offense bandwagon at this point. Yeah, I agree. That would be the only reason that I would pass on Micah Parsons is just because I think the offense is still a need, whether it be offensive line or whether it be wide receiver or if Pitts happens to fall to us. 
um, which I don't think is going to happen. But I still think that the offense is a great in the need. Uh, Murph had made this point. He's like, oh, just because the defense was a top 10 scoring defense last year, you can't expect it to be this year. Yeah. But why not? We added players. Yeah, we lost Alvin Tomlinson, but we added Danny Shelton. We added Reggie Ragland. We added Ryan Anderson. We added Fede. We added a Dory Jackson. This defense is a better defense That's than what true. it was last year on paper. Danny Shelton is the most underrated move. Like it, it should be talked about so more of that move. Underrated. I went and watched him. I was like, this guy's this guy's like really good. Like, like you know, obviously he's a nose tackle, so like. You know, and he wasn't. He's not as good as Dalvin, but it's like this guy is going to fill that nose tackle role perfectly. I think Fetty's really good too. By the way, me too. Man. I want to love. I was watching his tape recently. He can do a lot of things. What do you think I he's like going to play? The perfect gadget for this. I think both. Everything. I was watching Vikings tape. He's going to line up inside. He's not as big as like what OC was, but very similar to the concept where they're going to have him start inside and easily just have someone cross face, and he's going to try to speed rush someone. Um, and just like collapse the pocket. I do really you, do see that. Do you think he is? I think he's going to play the same role BJ Hill does, where he's mm. he's a defensive tackle, but he's playing outside. But some people think he, like, because he played just defensive end with the Vikings, that he's going to be like that outside linebacker stand up edge. And I didn't think that, but like the closer I get, I'm like, am I wrong about that? Because I, oh. I agree with you. I think he's like hand in the dirt, five techniques. Sometimes we'll put you inside, but I think he'll play like the same role BJ Hill did. Yeah, I thought he the just same screams. Thing he did. Um, our buddy Chris thinks that he can play outside too on the edge. Uh, I think honestly, what the Giants are going to do, everything's fluid. I think we'll probably use more of a three-three-five base, but I won't be surprised if we see five defensive linemen in some sort of package. Yeah, this is what gets me excited about the team, though. Like, what this is all why right I feel like. It's the offense. It has to be right. offense. The thing with a Fetty, though, what gets me excited is just how much fun our defense is going to be to watch again because getting a guy like that, like you're saying with Shell, and we still have Leonard Williams, we still have all these big bodies in there, Dexy, that, like, we have these – like, I don't mind him going inside because it messes with an offensive line so much. It's such a problem to have to plan for. So, like, I just love the versatility that they're adding. And my only comment with Parsons is just that – you guys know I stand with. I like that we're going to double down on the defense here only for Parsons and build on his strength. Other than that, I want to address the weaknesses in the offensive line. But if Parsons is there, I just think there's no problem for me um, just adding to what's already our biggest strength. We don't need Parsons. We got Tay Crawford. So, actually, that's <laughs> kind of my point. That's kind of my point is how many linebackers did we draft last year? Four, right? Yeah. Coffee, two edge and two inside. Outside. And then Brunson Robert. sucks. He's not going to play. But Ra Raglan. Raglan. Raglan's yeah, a good, Raglan like, he's a know, big upgrade over David Mayo. Like, I, I like really don't I, think Parsons wouldn't be inside mostly on the Giants, though. In my opinion, I don't think they'd play him inside. And I think his coverage skills, which is getting shit on right now, is way underrated. No, his cover. They just didn't put him in coverage, but his coverage skills are fine. That's what I'm saying. Um, he's just very athletic. So. That was my – when I first watched him, I was like, this guy probably sucks in coverage because they literally, like, play him, like, three yards off the line of scrimmage. And I was like, oh, no, they just don't put him in coverage. But it's like, he, the guy's a fucking freak athlete. He like, unless he's, and he plays with instincts, he'll be fine in coverage. And look, he, and he's a freak inside and should and probably can play in, inside. But Raglan, one-year deal. And, and then Crowder played fantastic last year, but one snap yeah. away. I'm just saying, like, linebacker is still a very thin position for us all around. And Parsons could do a few things. I think Ryan Anderson I, is someone that you need to look out for this year, too. I mean, he's coming off of Washington. He, I mean, it was just because of who was in front of him. He didn't get any playing time. But he's a really good guy that can also get to the ball as well. 
don't forget, you also got Lorenzo Carter coming back, who actually started to show something. You got Shane Simenez that's coming back from injury. Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown, Tay Crowder, Blake Martinez. I mean, the list goes on and on. I don't think we're that thin at linebacker, you know. I do think outside linebacker is the weakest spot on the team, though, because like Carter and Zimenez, we have no clue what they're going to be like coming out of injury. I think Ryan Anderson's a downgrade from Fackrell. Um, and then Carter Coughlin, I like Cam Brown. I have no expectation. Cam Brown's a total project, so he can he can never play another snap, or he could turn into a player. Um, Coughlin Coughlin has real pass rush ability, but he's small. So, but other than Blake, who in our linebacker room is special? Who's like good? Tell I tell like me wholeheartedly. You, you, you like Crowder? I like Crowder too. That's fair. But again, so we have two inside guys, realistically. And that's banking on Reg- – I love Raglan. Bama guy. I also love that we're getting a bunch of guys from Alabama and big-time programs because of Judge. That's fantastic. But still a need. That's what I'm saying. So then the question is – Still a need. I like our secondary more than our baggers and our defensive line more than our baggers. So Bobby mentioned about the fact that we're lacking outside linebackers. So if you're drafting Mika Parsons – are you going to use him mainly as an edge rusher or are you playing him next to Blake Martinez? Both. Yeah. I think you, when you're in that like three, four and you need like a second inside linebacker, you put him next to Martinez. But when you're like, Hey, we got five DBs on the field. We got Leonard Williams, uh, Dexter Lawrence and rotate whatever defensive tackle. Then you put him and Lorenzo Carter on the edge and Blake in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Blake could hold in the middle very well by himself. The real fault at that is in the run game then. But honestly, I'd take Blake um, over the middle one-on-one with an RB most days. Most days. <laughs> All right, so then yeah. let's head right into the next question then. Who's your pick for the Giants at 11? Slater. Right now, I'm, I'm in the Slater if he falls. If he doesn't, I'll I'll say AVT. And um, I actually kind of am torn between those two, though. Because I want I want that guy to be guard because I do like Parrot. And part of me is like, man, maybe AVT would be a better guard. But I go Slater just because, like, you know what? I think he's the better offensive lineman in general. If he plays guard, plays tackle, whatever. So I'm I'm on I'm on Slater than AVT. And then after that, it's the wide receiver group that I, I, I love. Yeah, Tino. And then we'll we'll go to Murph with his own no, I want Murph well. to go. I keep head nodding as if you'll like recognize. Yeah, I have no clue what Murph wants to do. Well, it, 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 <laughs> I want to hear Murph first. I'm sick of Murph because Murph keeps every single time <laughs> that he can. He met, he keeps mentioning who he wants in the first round, and then his only reason for wanting is just so that he can see the tears flow from Giants fans. So, <laughs> are you gonna say Christian Bar? I, I I I know that's a troll when you say Christian Barmore at all. No, actually, Christian he's not trolling. He really does like Christian Barmore. We love Christian Barmore. Wait, Murph, I got a hot take for you. Then I like him too. But Christian Barmore just... at eleven at seven to Detroit if Detroit stays there. If if they're worried about Parsons' character concerns, I thought about it today. They do kind of need help. They need help everywhere, but. Interior alignment is a need for them. So I think that the Lions are taking Parsons. Me I too. I think they are too. I think I think Campbell's gonna fall in love with him. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going there unless some bullshit drops, which it very well could. I think he's that's kind of where I've had him plug the most. I, I I don't think him and Slater even make it to us, man. I really, really fucking don't. And I really think Dallas, first of all, like you said, Tino, don't think Parsons makes it past Dallas. Again, I've said it before, KV. Don't forget, we're, we're going to go through who we think that the first 10 picks are going to be before okay. the Giants. My pick, so, I mean, I'm on Slater right now, too. All this talk about 
our defense being stacked is really having me think about the no, offense. No, 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 no. Say who you've been trolling all week. <laughs> uh, Horn? Absolutely. Dude, hey, man, I'll take corners. I don't give a fuck. People can keep coming at my neck for it, but like I said earlier, Bradbury at this time next year will be going into his contract year. So will Julian Love. We have Yidem after that. Um, you know, Darnay's Darnay in the slot. But, again, Logan Ryan's going to be pushing 32 this time next year. Jabril's going to be a free agent. Everybody thinks we have this stacked secondary, which we do currently. But you know what? I hate to break it to you guys, but we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So if that's BPA at 11, I'm cool with it. Now, that's BPA depending on who's there. And that's always been the conversation, Mage. I'm not taking those guys over Slater. I don't love Parsons. I don't think I, Horn's going to be there. I don't. From everything, do I, I don't think either one of them are going to be. He might even fuck around and be the first defensive player off the board. Horn like, scares me to death. That guy's going to have like 10 penalties a game in the NFL. <laughs> Very physical. But I swear, he's like gaining so much steam right now. It's insane. He, I think it's because of his, his – I guess maybe because he's like a box safety maybe? I see. Well, I said it yesterday that I think – dropping. Yeah, sorry, Mish. No, that's fine. I said it yesterday that I think Patrick Satan is the most NFL pro-ready cornerback of this yeah, class. I, I don't want him the going to go The problem is, though, too, with Satan is at some point I can actually see him becoming a converted safety uh, just due to the athleticism or uh, concerns there as well. But um, – because uh, coming into the draft, Caleb Farley was uh, – a lot of people are hiring Caleb Farley. That He's Caleb my guy, Farley, but he's injury prone. Not that neck injury, man. Farley's my like yeah. if they if he didn't have injuries, Farley would be my guy. But he's he has the yeah. See, but from what I saw out of Farley though, he played he played a lot more aggressively. He got he got beat on routes. Patrick Satan didn't give up a lot of those routes though. Um, he looked like the more clean prospect at cornerback to me. He is. I just kind of like what Farley can be. You know, switching yeah. from um. Well, now the wide receiver back surgeries, you know, have yeah. The injury is like you know, know like. If if he wasn't injured, I would be like defense would be like Micah Parsons and then Farley for me. But with the injuries, I I I'm kind of like stay away from him. Yeah, I and agree. I know y'all don't like it, but it's defense. But I like Quiddy Pay, man. I do. At eleven, I don't I don't know, but he does almost everything right besides get to the quarterback. People are shitting and, on him. He's I think he's the best edge in the class. I think well, he's better than Jalen Phillips. I think like I, I, he is I my number one age. I like Quiddy Pay. All right, I got a, I got a question, Hold on, Mace, guys. Before we move on, I mean, well, I'm I want to pl- plug, plug Shane. I want to plug Shane because Shane's a big Michigan fan, and, and I picked his brain on Quiddy Pay. And Quiddy's pay, Quiddy Pay's Quiddy biggest Pay. problem at Michigan was coaching. They didn't let him come off the edge at all. He was either rushing from the inside at linebacker or with his hand in the dirt. Shane said that most of the times when he came off the edge, he was successful. Now – whether that translates to the NFL, who knows? But again, at eleven, I feel like he's more like a trade back scenario kind of guy. But um, yeah, go ahead, Mish. Before I propose my question, I want to get Tino's pick. I, I'm assuming based on what you said earlier, Tino, you're sticking with Michael Parsons. I'm countering your question with a question, and I want to know who you're going to pick. Is it still Jalen Waddle? <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's Jalen Waddle. I went into it on in depth yesterday with all the different types of coverages that defenses. We're going to have to use against the Giants. I just want to say this about Waddle. I love him, but for all the reasons you guys are saying injury-prone, injury-prone, I do worry about his injury. I do. I kind But of, it was one injury, and then it ha- like he just never got healthy from it for the national championship. I'm going to say this. 
He pushes it, but in the league, look, I'm just saying fast forward. He's I love a player who's like this, Bobby. I do. No one loves it more. You want to get out there. But if he continues to go out there when he's hurt and stresses more injuries and this becomes a lingering issue, I'm just saying, I'm foreseeing it could be a problem for him. Well, the question. His medicals came back okay. But Murph, before your question, I want to get Bobby or ask Bobby this. I hate the Tyreek Hill comps for Jalen Waddle. I think he plays more like Odell Beckham than he does Tyreek Hill. Me too. He'll moss somebody, and well, not only did you see did you see him against Pittsburgh going up and making that grab in double coverage and then getting whack and coming up and just like shaking Missouri. His, uh, was it Missouri? I think it was Missouri, like right, like deep over the middle. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. And then he split another double team. He splits double teams. He like that's why I like him better than Devontae Smith. Like Devontae Smith is great, but I'm like when I watched Smith, I was like Waddle's splitting this and he's wide open, like. More Smith isn't so he, like, he I, plays so much bigger than his size, but yet he has that speed yeah. where he can hit another gear where it's almost like Odell, right? He could take the five yard slant route to the house to break open a game. Yeah, um, I, I think Odell is the perfect comparison for him. That's what that's anybody. what I love about Jalen Waddle. I really do. Hopefully, he's uh, sorry, answer, Murph. Though. So, amongst all the guys we've just been discussing for the last 10 minutes, I want to ask you all this out of all of them, who's the biggest risk? Parsons. Why? Here's why Parsons scares me. It's not because of anything that happened at Penn State. Isaiah Simmons. Okay. Tina? Isaiah I think Simmons JOK coming out falls into that category more than Parsons. Pardon? I think JOK falls into that category where I think Parsons is more of like that traditional linebacker. Yeah, but, I mean, it, we're talking about how we're going to utilize him on the defense. Is he an inside linebacker? Is he good enough to play on the edge? I mean, I feel like those types of things you should know heading into the NFL draft already, where he's going to excel at. Yeah, but, like, I think that take, and I'm a defensive guy, so I feel like that take falls hard because for the same reason people made Jabril fall, and Jabril didn't capitalize his early success in Cleveland at all, but he was an in-between guy. He's an LB. He played some offense, but he's a really good safety, but he wasn't big enough. Yet, like Parsons there already in terms of size, skill, and athleticism. So like the fact that he can play multiple things, I don't think should be a knock. Like Isaiah Simmons, I still don't feel, uh, feel Arizona utilized him well at all. Like if, if Patrick Graham wasn't calling this defense, maybe I have more concern, but I really do feel, especially with chaos still running the D line, like, and just working all that together, no tendencies. I feel like it'll really benefit us. It's to me, when we add guys that are familiar and comfortable with this team, it tends to work out for us. It worked out a lot last year. So I have, that's why I don't have a problem with it. Cause I, I think I believe in our coaching staff. Like I think these guys could get him, uh, to succeed regardless if he's playing multiple positions. I do also, Tino, and I, 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 I asked Murph this question too. I mean, who do you trust more, Patrick Graham or Jason Garrett? Well, I trust Patrick Graham to do more with less than I do with Jason mm-hmm. Garrett, which is another reason why I think we need to work on that offense. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys make good points. It's just, I, I don't know, something about Parsons just concerns me about whether or not it's going to translate. Um, that's my concern with him. I get the concerns with Jalen Waddle, but coming back to a question, I want to ask you guys before I get it, Tina. Wait, hold on. I got one. So wait, Murph, you want to know who my biggest concern is? 
What the fuck? You're cutting me off, man. You should get out of here. Yeah, my biggest concern is Mac Jones. Uh, I'm worried about his DUIs and the beer belly. And uh, I've fucking king, fucking king. Out Next, there. mute his ass. Next. I, I'm, I'm hearing Horn. that he's gonna fall. Horn is the guy I'm worried about the most because he <laughs> he holds so damn much. Okay, that's fair. Um, Eli Apple. I've been going on with this all day, and. It, for me, it's Parsons and Waddle, and I can't decide who's the bigger risk because one is a character risk and the other is an injury risk. Um, I liked Waddle more than I liked Smith when this all started, but I feel Smith fits our team better just from the stance of slotting in as a one if need be. But not really. I don't really care. I'll take either one of them, but I'm scared of that fucking ankle, dude. I don't care what the hell y'all say. I'm I, I think I said this here. I'm scared I think of I said it. this here on Clapback Sports. If not, I know I definitely said it yesterday. But give me Devontae Smith if we didn't sign Kenny Galladay. I like. The oh, if we didn't sign Galladay, be wide receiver all day. All yeah. day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying though is, even with Kenny Galladay, I like Waddle more than I do Smith. I like diversifying skill sets. You kind of have that wide receiver, that big wide receiver in Kenny Galladay that can go up. That allows him to spread the defense, allows Jalen Wall work underneath with that speed. I don't know if Devontae Smith is kind of that same wide receiver. But the question I want to propose to you all before, though, it's the 11th pick. Rashawn Slater is on the on the board. Are you okay with trading down? Because uh, both Murph and Bobby mentioned Quiddy Pay. Are you okay trading down with a team, say, Minnesota? And letting them come up to grab the tackle and Rashawn Slater? No. Trade down? I'm not letting the Chargers touch Slater. I also wanted to generalize oh, this I question. I did say Minnesota, so I appreciate the fact that you listen while I'm talking. But. Mage, but like you said Slater's there, right? In that same scenario, well, I do think there's going to be like the receivers there. Like I do think we're in a really good spot at 11. So I'm just curious because the more I talk about this and the closer we get, I'm actually team stay still. Like I want to pick at 11. Unless we can trade up to somewhere like six, like we talked about early in this, I don't really want to trade back. Like I know there's more value. If in, there's a scenario, the one wild one where everybody we want Slater goes in the of uh, top ten, uh, Parsons is gone, Pitts is gone, everybody's gone, Chase, all that all, all that's left is the receivers. Then maybe, maybe do I see us trading back? But I agree. With you. Still, I agree, with you. you know, I think that all depends on the board. So, like I said, the mock draft that we did yesterday. You had Smith, you had Waddle, you had Slater, and you had Parsons available. Trading down to 13 or 14 wouldn't be so bad in that situation. If we're if we trading back, AVT it's... Or the receivers, I would be down. Uh, what, yeah, what was that, If we can get AVT or the receivers, I'd be down. Well, that's the other thing. So I think if Minnesota traded up, I think that the Chargers definitely go AVT in that situation, though. So yeah. you're probably losing out on both offensive linemen at that point. But then... The uh, Philadelphia Eagles would probably choose one of the wide receivers available or Micah Parsons for that matter. So then you're down to one of the wide receivers and or Micah Parsons or both wide receivers. I'd be down for that. I just don't want to play with fire with the Chargers, man, because they're definitely hunting for alignment. And for me, if Slater's on the board at 11 and we're trading back with him on 11, it's assuming that he's going to be there in the trade back. And if you're moving back with the Vikings – I'm not playing with that fire. See, but, yeah, but I, I, then I Bobby brings up AVT and additional capital. So I, I do understand that. I get that. I think this comes back to me about addressing the interior of the offensive line. Um, I agree with Bobby. I like Matt Perr. I think that he can start outside. 
picking up, say, maybe an additional third rounder where you can get an edge guy like maybe a Rashad Weaver or a Joseph Asai, I, I think that really helps the Giants because then you can look at going uh, Landon Dickinson in the second. You could pick up an edge guy in the third and then maybe even another uh, guard in the third if you want to, a guy like maybe Kedrick Green at Illinois. Yeah, I worry about the – I'm fine with taking a, a, a guard mid-round, but, like, I have no expectations for him to come in and, like, unsee Hernandez or Lemieux. I'm um, team stay, stay still. Stay at 11. I don't – like, I'm just – I also don't buy it. I, I'm just still, like, a firm believer. Like, the Giants don't do anything come draft day. And more often than not, all of our other picks, aside from the first-round pick, will probably be better. Um, but you know, whatever, I guess I'll be optimistic, uh, optimistic this year. and think the first round is going to pan out for us. Well, just, why couldn't we take Tristan Wirfs last year? Can anyone explain? Hey, I'm still on the Andrew Thomas boat. Like give get, I still like um, Tristan Wirfs more though. Like, and I, just, we did a redraft. Oh. And I, I, re, I picked Andrew Thomas again. <laughs> so a lot, the thing with Wirfs is he would have been thrown to the wolves with a shitty team in New York when he got to fucking be on Tom Brady's line and play it right. I'm not down. saying Andrew Thomas had the same deal. I'm just saying I still like I, I just like the prospects more. That's all. I think That's we fair. were all. I wanted Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs. Bobby was on Andrew Thomas since day one, so I, I, I think we were all kind of split on who we want at offensive line. But the good thing is, I don't think you could necessarily miss on one. The one player I didn't want was Beckton. If he could stay uh, healthy, he would be like the very clear cut get him too. Yeah. But my concern was whether or not he could stay healthy. Though. Yeah. When so, you watch him, it's like I never knew offensive linemen could have highlights like this. It's like he just he throws around NFL players like they're little children. It's like a massive human being. It's what it's I've never like, and I'm an offensive line guy, but I've never been excited watching offensive linemen like watching him back then. Mm. Yeah, he's a refrigerator with legs, and he plays for the Jets. So, you know, all right. it is kind of funny though, Mace, because we were like dead set that we were getting Jedrick Wills, Alabama connection. Joe Judge was going to be all about him, and here we are, 365 days later, looking at two Alabama boys at 11. So well, you know what? The good thing is with the fourth overall pick, with Joe Judge being here, the fact that he didn't take Jedrick Wills. It goes to say that he's willing to pass on what he's comfortable with or what he knows to take the best player available. So um, in terms of Alabama players, I know there's a huge coincidence there um, with the number of Alabama players that we have on our roster currently. But um, coaches. And coaches, yeah. Bobby, I want to ask you, though, um, what do you think? Because it's something that Murph always talks about. We have 22 offensive line coaches. It's crazy. So Rob Sale is a big question mark. You know, like if he went back this time last year, we were all probably excited for Colombo. So Rob Sale, I've got no opinion on until we see it. Although, you know, everyone says good things about him. But um, people say good things about Colombo, too. Pat Flaherty being back in the building is kind of fun. It's, like, really fun. Like, he was an awesome offensive line coach for us for a long time. Our best offensive line coach were Pat Flaherty. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing he watched Andrew Thomas all year. Like, I found a video of him talking about Thomas. And it was like, okay, this guy's actually watched every snap of the kid. So I'm excited about him. Um, now the other, you know, um, Wilkerson's still there, which is funny. He's been through like four offensive line coaches and still the assistant. And then even Freddie Kitchens is going to be working with like the scheme and stuff on the run game. So it's, uh, it's going to be a crowded room, but Pat Flaherty excites me. You think he's probably going to be more of an advisor though, less hands-on. I think Pat Flaherty, from what it sounds like, what people have said, I think he's going to be like the, 
like scout the other team's defense and being like really like being like this is what they do this is how to stop that kind of thing you know where sales the guy coaching them it makes me wonder just what jason uh, garrett does on the day-to-day you know i just want to know just his routine when he goes to the gym when he gets his cup of coffee and then just like what everything you know what goes on in the building it made 22 offensive line coaches he's involved though like the dinner with Kenny Galladay was Jason Garrett and Joe Judge. I don't understand. I don't understand. Jason Garrett doesn't go to the gym. He goes to <laughs> the walk. the row bar. He's a rower, and he <laughs> drinks green tea, not coffee. That's right. You're right. We talked about here on Clapback Sports about what those uh, free agent visits were like. So is Joe Judge across the table from Kenny Galladay? while Jason Garrett was at a table separate by himself, and they only let him order off at a kid's menu. They just, so, like, were throwing shots at him. Like, what are you going to order, you fucking nerd? Like, <laughs> just, just just really messing with Garrett the whole I'm time. I'm going to get the salad. You going to tell the Cowboys soup. about this? It's How are you just... going to get Galladay out the door? <laughs> can, I get, can I get a steak? No, you're getting the chicken fingers and french fries. <laughs> now color the dinosaur, Jason. Like, I hope you like those contested catches, Kenny, because that's all we fucking do uh, down the field. <laughs> Don't expect anything to change when you get here. All right, boys. Uh, we're on to the fun part of the show. Let's just run through it real quick. Um, first 11 picks of the NFL draft. I think we're all in consensus probably when we say first pick will be Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second pick, Bobby, where do you think that the Jets go with this? Are you uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields? Zach Wilson. Guys, See, Justin Fields. I don't I, want this. You to want happen. or you think? Going to happen? No, I, 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 I think I'm I not a big one. Wilson's my QB fought. Murph, uh, go put money on it then, please. I'm not. Gonna I want to put. I should put money on the Mac Jones thing because I. It. Should I should I should bet the Mac Jones thing because I've been. Well, Mac Jones on now is minus. No, you should bet. You can't. You can't bet Mac Jones. I should have done that a long time ago. Yeah, Mac Jones is minus three fifty today. I saw so. Yep. But no, yeah, I, I seriously think it's Fields. I do. Um, I'm so not a I, Wilson fan. Not a Wilson I agree fan. with Murph for this reason. I th- I think that whatever your consensus is or whatever your big board is prior to the pro days, it shouldn't change all that much. Nothing has changed on film. Just pro days. Just guys. But wasn't Wilson the head before then? Pardon? Wasn't like Wilson the number two guy before that though? From everything that I saw, overall consensus has always been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, one and two. But I feel like that was almost going into the season. And still, even then, like, I feel like people were already putting, like, something behind that Lawrence was going to be the clear-cut one no matter what happened. And then Fields just started to lose his stock. And I think going into draft season, I think Wilson was already starting to surpass him in the rankings. Hasn't it been, like, reported that, like, Wilson is essentially the done deal, though? It's like minus five thousand. It seems pretty, pretty done. I haven't seen anything. I but like playing I mean, with fire, Bobby. Yeah. Should promo code John Boy on Jeff Kings. No, I'm just. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Wilson fan, man. Like he just. He had the one stellar year, and Wilson for some reason, like I'm whiskey to me. I'm I do get, want to yeah, say, and I'm getting rose and slide vibes. Look, from. but it doesn't mean I'm supporting the guy. I don't. I'm not saying that's the right pick. Like I think Fields, I'm not tearing you up. I'm, I'm just giving my opinion. No, because I like I needed 
to make sense too. Like, I don't know why the Jets are doing it. I don't know why it's so obvious. Like, why everyone is, like it shouldn't be as obvious as Trevor Lawrence number one overall. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't like a fantasy football draft where you're like, oh yeah, we're going top running backs. Give me Saquon and you know, it's like it shouldn't be like a snap decision on auto draft. Like, I feel like there has to be some thought to it. Like, and Let me just, just say this: so whoever the Jets, whoever the Jets pick, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, is heading into a shit situation. Because they're going to be expected to start day one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're doing the same matter. shit they've always done, man. It's all right. So let's just move on for time. Say 49ers, Murph, the king, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, brother. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. This is where I think Justin Fields more than anything, but. The lines have switched, and Trey Lance is ahead of him now, and they're saying it's just Lance. Like, my whole thing, my whole world got fucked today. This morning was just too much because now it's like I think Trey Lance makes a lot of sense to the Falcons because he'd be able to sit behind Matt Ryan. But at the same time, I don't think Mac Jones is going third overall. And if it's down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance, that means Trey Lance is going number three, and then that means Galpin is going four. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out three, four right now. I don't know where the Niners are going. Uh, it's been bothering me all day long. I'm going with Trey Lance because they're going to cut the Falcons and actually help them so they take Kyle Pitts. But I could very easily see Justin Fields there, but not Mac Jones. Real quickly, <laughs> um, I went Justin Fields too, so I'm saying Zach Wilson three to San Fran. Bobby? Uh, for San Fran, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. All right. Uh, my only thing about Mac Jones is why you treat uh, it like – But that's what they're doing, right though. Mind? Who I agree, right but mind? that's what they're doing. Who in their right mind said, give me Christmas <laughs> one pick ago? We were saying these same words. This is going to be all draft day. We're going to be staring at the screen, 32 picks, just like, this is terrible, but it's what they're doing. It's what's going on. This is going to be the Giants pick. Wait till <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. Who says, yeah, I, oh, Kirk Cousins. That gets my dick hard. Give me that type of quarterback. He underthrows guys a lot, too, man. I, watching Devontae yeah. Smith and Waddle, he can underthrow, he can underthrow guys. I, uh, I feel I like he just fits Shaney's offense perfectly. He doesn't have bit, to do I don't much. get it, but I just don't see anybody saying, oh, yeah, great. Give me the reincarnation. It's also Kirk a Cousins. sample size guy. Like, I feel like I just don't trust him because he played one season. And I know Joe Burrow broke the mold, but more often than not, like, give me the established guy over, you know. He did, he did leave, uh, he did leave the uh, uh, mm-hmm. college in uh, passing yards. So. Yeah, but there well, are. I think that's the problem, there. you know. Is we don't none count of these last guys season. are established. We we don't count last season. I'm just letting you know that all the COVID seasons they don't count. When when we look back and remember this, it didn't count. COVID didn't count. I'm turning 25 again this year, boys. Like that's just the way it worked. This whole quarterback uh, top 10 shit every single year is getting out of control because it's it's getting to the point where it's way more bust than than. Well, not. Murph, it's the best QB class ever. I know, and it's the best wide receiver class, and it's the best. OT class, best long snapper class. I don't fucking know. But when the heat was on Jones midseason, it's like we're not going to see another QB class like this. I was like, I fucking hear that every every <laughs> exactly. year. But it's every, like, well, 20, guess... 2018, never going to see a QB class like this. You're going to regret passing up on it. Last year, it's like Josh, anyone who picks Justin Herbert's a moron. And now it's like everyone's, you know, I, I can't stand quarterback draft talk. I, I totally agree. And I can't stand how the league has become a league where these guys have to produce day one and yes it's awesome to to think and expect that they can but as much as we fucked up the Eli Manning situation our transition to Daniel Jones was as good as you could get that's the best QB transition we could have possibly had 
from the NFL in a couple of years. Which is legend, legend, an offensive right. coordinator, not like Garrett. Right. And all we have to do is get that, a Shermer like I mean, offensive coordinator. We didn't have right. to keep Shermer, just get one like him. I just mean from getting out from the old and into the new. Like anyone I mean, who the doesn't need crayons do for it. their playbook. I'm sorry. I could I couldn't resist the joke. I have to I have to stop. I'm 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 starting to drink on my second drink in. I'm starting to believe. I do have hope for Garrett this year though. Someone like he can be good with good players. So now we have some good players. Let's see what can happen. See, yeah. but here's my thing about the quarterbacks this year, though. Um, and it this is why I'd be okay with uh Micah Parsons if he is to pick at 11. There's always going to be wide receivers in the first round that someone's going to draft. There's always going to be an offensive lineman that somebody's going to fall in love with in the first round. So I, I agree with you guys in terms of the quarterback class. I think if you're going to take one, you want to take one this year. I don't think you want to be looking for a quarterback next year. So, uh, Bobby, you got time? You're okay? Oh, yeah. I got all night, fellas. All right, cool. I know Murphy's right, so trying to go to bed. But... The Atlanta Falcons are on the clock at four. Tino? For all the reasons you guys just talked about how uh, that situation was fantastic for Daniel Jones, if the Falcons do get Trey Lance, I think that's probably one of the most ideal spots for a QB to go to. Like, I like that situation a lot. Like, out of all the scenarios I've heard, I was like, wow, Trey Lance to Atlanta would actually be – Pretty fucking sweet for them. Like, you just have the upside guy just waiting under Ryan. You can give Ryan his, you know, last hurrah and, like, the you know, into the sunset type of thing, and they could be patient with it. I think it would make a lot of sense, but if not, it's probably Kyle Pitts. They're going to take So I looked at this yesterday. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's earning around $23 million this year. It's like $70-plus million in dead cap if they cut him this year. Heading into next year, his salary. His contract is worth $48 million. Dead cap is $40 million. So they would actually save $8 million by cutting him. Um, that's a huge dead cap, though, but there's still some sort of savings involved there. So I agree with you, Tino. I'm going to also say, originally in my in my mock draft, in my latest mock draft, I had the uh, Atlanta Falcons going Kyle Pitts. I'm coming around on that. I'm going to agree with you, Tino. I'm Trey Lance as well. Bobby. Are they crazy to run it back with Matt Ryan there? Like you mentioned the contract numbers and did Matt Ryan like, is he, you know, I don't watch a ton of Falcons. Is he not good anymore? He's not the very problem, good. It seems like he's lost his arm strength. He's just, he's become more inaccurate. Like he used to be really good. You can trust him when fourth quarter comebacks. It just seems like he's just. It, I feel like he's pushing the ball a lot. And it's something like Phillip Rivers really started to do towards the tail end of his career. I feel like he's like pushing the ball out of his hand and it's causing like short arm throws and just really yeah. bad turnovers. It just, he's been looking odd. He's just been looking odd. And I, dude, their receiver core is crazy. So like yeah. 35 years old, I believe if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, Ridley's stupid. I mean, I, I know everyone's been talking about it cause it makes sense. Pitts to four. I mean, uh, at four, it would add something crazy to that offense too. Bids to the Falcons would be stupid as well. Well, Ryan's running game fell off a little bit too for an old quarterback. That's gonna that's gonna hurt him a little, little bit. Obviously, when they were at the top of the ladder with Shanahan, they were running the ball well. Um, I was actually I brought this up on here before. I was surprised they didn't we didn't hear any Matt Ryan trade rumors with all the quarterback trade rumors this past offseason. Um, I'm with y'all though. Well, how could they? I mean, it would be seventy million dollars in dead cap if they traded him. What do they have going for them? They're fucking. They're, if they're I were the Colts, I would have traded for Matt Ryan more than over Carson Wentz. And me too. But maybe but the Falcons weren't doing that. I feel like they have to get quarterback, man. Like 
I, I still got Wilson because I haven't picked him yet. So that's what I'm going to choose here. But again, like Tino just said, it, they have the perfect transition scenario. They have no reason to win now. They're going to be a run heavy offense. They're looking for some sort of running back. I believe they only signed Mike Davis. So I think they'll be in the market for a running back in the draft, but I, I'm with you. I think that's the bet. In my opinion, that's the best move and that's what they should do. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons is a team that can also use a guy like Penesuo. So Well, and see, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I brought that up multiple times and everybody shot me down on it. And I always understood, never understood why they were never in that conversation. Yeah, everyone's saying pitch to them if they don't go QB. If I were them, I'd be like, I'd go Penny Sewell over Pitts. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you're literally rebuilding. You're sending out your old-ass quarterback and old receiver here soon. You're going to – you have a brand-new coach. You're going to be running the ball. And Arthur Smith likes to run the ball. That's what I'm saying. So, it's going to be a run-heavy offense. There's no doubt about it. Like, uh, they're getting the, a bell cow running back, and that's what they're going to do. The Atlanta Falcons offensive line left to right, Jake Matthews, Willie Wright, Matt Hennessy, Chris Lindstrom, and Caleb McGarry. So, yeah, and I think I looked it up, and I think McGarry actually played pretty well for them last year. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't take him out of that running either. I don't know why they ever were. It's kind of interesting that that was never linked together. But let's go on to the next dumb team because well, Bobby, is... we never got a pick out of Bobby for oh, the sorry. Uh, Falcons. Say Justin Fields. I like him more than Lance. All right. So now it comes down to uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow is beaten or the drum for his uh, former wide receiver, Jamar Chase. But let's face it, this guy guy tore his ACL and several other ligaments, so they have to be able to keep him upright. Yeah, Penny Sewell has to be the pick for them. Like, their offensive line. Nico Lelos looked like – Oh my gosh, this guy's got some pass rushing moves versus Cincinnati Bengals. Like that was the, like everyone will remember the interception from that game. I put together a clip. I was like, here's five times where Nicolelos just beat their offensive line. They need offensive line so bad. Well, they were featuring Bobby Hart. I was about to ask, did they finally cut Bobby Hart? I hope they did. They did. He's in uh Buffalo, I believe. Oh no. yes, yep. I believe they sent another bonus. Sell right all time. Josh Allen stock now. <laughs> He's just going with the Grim Reaper. I don't believe, though. But. Uh, shit. Well, I'm going to agree with Bobby here. I, I, I believe if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm also going Penny Sewell. They should take Sewell, but I think they're stupid. And I think they take Jamar Chase. I just think certain organizations can't shake. It's like for the same reason the Packers will not help Aaron Rodgers again this year. That for that reason, the Bengals will draft Jamar Chase. <laughs> Zach Taylor was an awful hire. Just not good. I He's actually think they're going to take pits. Um, and to answer your question about right tackle, Bobby Hart is gone, and they replaced him with Riley Reef. So it doesn't get much better. So well, yes, they drafted Jonah Williams. He yeah. had, he, he wasn't great last year, but he was his first year yeah, playing too. Tackle. Yeah. Um, but. I think they're going to take fits. I really don't think they can help themselves, man. I, I don't see why the fuck they would take Chase. Again, they might not be able to help themselves, but well, if you're going to make a stupid decision, at least make on. a smart, stupid decision and take the tight end that you don't have. Yeah. If that's who your franchise quarterback wants, that's, I mean, you know, you try to keep them happy. Yeah, while his leg but. is attached to his body. I mean, that's their own damn fault like, for doing it like that. Two was like at this point they already fucked up. Like they they already didn't give him any help, and now it was worst case scenario, and it's one re injury away from. I mean, shit's gonna hit the fan in Cincinnati again. I love Joe Burrow, but I mean, he did not suffer a regular injury. 
Like, I mean, he didn't just tear his ACL. I'm pretty sure he tore a few things in his knee. So, I, I mean, we'll see. I haven't seen any reca- uh, rehab montages yet, so I will wait to see those before I judge how I think Joe Burrow will do this season. But I'm worried for him. I'm worried about I remember him. there was a former Bengal quarterback that also tore his ACL. Went by the name of Carson Palmer, I believe, right? Yeah. Was he good? Shame. He wasn't. Uh, Cardinal great. <laughs> Arizona Cardinal great. Carson Palmer. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so the Miami Dolphins then. What do the Miami Dolphins do on the clock, Bobby? Jamar. Uh, I mean, they everyone's saying Jamar. It seems like they need a wider series, so I'm going Jamar. Or trade it. Well, you haven't gone pitch yet, though. So if I'm they, but Gasecki is really good for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not really good, but he's good. I don't know. I think I would go Jamar. Over, yeah, I'm going Jamar over Pitts. Especially with Will Fuller like being their guy right now. I mean, Devontae Parker is still there, but yeah, but Will Fuller's on a one-year deal though, so you almost got to take that saying. out of That's the That's why equation. Chase makes even more sense to me. But um, I think if it's not Chase, they're trading it. I don't even think they would draft it. Uh, just my opinion. I feel like they're like in prime position here. Like if the Bengals fuck them and take Chase at five, they might just shop it. I would if I were them. See, personally for me, I just feel like Kyle Pitts gives two or more of a safety valve. I mean, Kyle Pitts is what, six foot six? If you decide to play him at tight end or even as a slot wide receiver, you know, it's almost impossible for Tua to miss him if they were concerned about opening up the offense for him. Uh, Whereas Jamar Chase, he has to almost take probably more shots downfield with him. I I think this just comes into – to his development, but I, th- I, you're onto something there. Uh, Pitts probably fits his his mold I mean, a little bit better. I, I, I ain't throwing any long balls to fucking Jamar. I agree with both of you guys, but I think I'm. I, I it's so tough. I think this is going to be a coin flip, but I'm going to go with Pitts. I think Pitts is probably a little more of a unicorn than Jamar Chase is. I think there's three can't miss prospects in this draft. I think that Trevor Lawrence, I think it's Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. I also, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't even think Pitts is going to be there for them at six. So, like, I, I think the Falcons are probably going to take him. I think the 49ers are going to do something weird. I don't know what they're going to do. Mac Jones would be a weird pick in general. So that would have already set things back. But... <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Minus 350 today was aggressive. I mean, that line dropped big time. So, are, we so are, are you on board Pitts to Miami? Where are you going elsewhere? Me? Oh. <laughs> no, the other Murph. We all said uh, it. I'm sorry. No, I wanted to ask you, are we out on O-line here? Because the right side of, of Miami's O-line isn't necessarily great. Robert Hunt played really well last year, but he could kick inside, though. That's what I'm saying. They, they could afford to go O-line here, um, but probably not. Well, they take they took Austin Jackson, I believe, in the second round last year. First, end of the first or something. Yeah, I was surprised. I I, yeah. I didn't think he was a first. And Robert Hunt, they also drafted last year as well. So they're but probably not going to go that. I also made this point though to uh, Chris yesterday. Why wouldn't they go offensive line? They traded for Isaiah Wilson. They, you know get, what? They could I be agree. in the same situation as the Giants right now, where everyone on the outside is saying like, "Oh, they got to get the wide receiver or you know the corner mm-hmm. or edge." But everyone interning is like, no, we need to get some offensive line help. Slater? This is the weirdest pre-draft we've had in a long time. It's not even for Isaiah Wilson, although, I mean, albeit it was a seventh rounder, but 
they still traded for the guy. So obviously they think that they have room for him. Um, I agree with you, Murph. It's not crazy. Hey, but right now, uh, Rashawn Slater would be that tackle on the board. Yeah. I'm and he'd most likely be a guard for them. So what's your pick, Murph? I'm still going with, with Jamar here, though. No, I'm Just switching. I'm, B- taking, I'm taking Murph's idea. I like his high idea here. I'm taking Rashawn Slater. I switch my pick. <laughs> I support you, Murph. I like All right, it. so the like Detroit it. Lions at seven. Um, I'm going to go – I think this is perfect pick for Dan Campbell, Michael Parsons. Okay. Am I allowed to trade? Trade. No. I traded okay. the last one. Well, my answer is going to be the Chargers trade up here for Slater. But, like, if I'm the Chargers, why, like, I I don't know. I, I think ABT helps spot. them also. I don't know how much I want to give up, though, to come up and get Slater. Yeah, they'd have to overextend there, I feel. And, like, they can just sit where they are and still get a pretty good – pretty good. They're pressure. also a really dumb franchise, so. All right, so Murph trades up, whatever. Murph's not even listening to – I can't say anything. Else. But I will say you can make the case for Slater to Detroit here too. So, Slater. Okay. Tino? Pass. <laughs> I'm saying Parsons. I heard one rumor that they like him, and I've I've stuck with it because it helps the Giants. So I'm going okay. Parsons. Parsons. I'm going to say Parsons, even though I picked Parsons to the Giants. So this way I don't pick him in all of my mocks and all of my picks. So this way I have to pick someone different this time. So Parsons. All right. So then you got eight. You got the Carolina Panthers. Now I'm later. Yeah, and I I'm agree going. with Bobby on this. I haven't picked Slater yet. I'm going Slater to the Panthers. All right, I uh, I switched my pick to Slater, so I'll take J.C. Horn. Now we're getting really crazy. Let's go J.C. Horn at it. Uh-huh. That's not a bad pick because the Panthers don't necessarily have great corners. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm going go Parsons here, though. Believe the hype. Yeah, going Parsons right. here. Denver Broncos. My pick for the Denver Broncos is Mac Jones. Honestly, I haven't heard that yet. That's a very Denver pick. I actually see Denver taking Mac Jones, even more than the Patriots. That just, like, fits them perfectly. They don't have to trade up. At this point, the quarterback falls to them unless somebody moves ahead, right? I mean, we had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, first four picks. Well, I haven't picked Lance, so that's who I'm going here, so. Same. Well, then, in your scenario, why not Lance to the Carolina Panthers? They haven't picked up Sam Donald's fifth-year option. I believe that's who they want. Yeah, I don't think they would draft a quarterback anymore. I know it's not a guarantee, but they probably wouldn't. Maybe later, maybe like a mod or the something. Clock on a quarterback position. Because then it's just a waste of Donald, though. You know. Yeah. And isn't Teddy yeah, still on the roster? They up for him, the second-round pick. So there's, they're paying Teddy, and they just traded for Donald. They're not using a first-round pick on a quarterback. Yeah, or maybe that's a trade spot too. If you really want to get crazy, another. Well, if yeah. there's any team I see trading back, it's the Panthers. Mm. Because I'm, it's like you see those other teams have those needs. Detroit, I just don't see happening, and then I, I just think the Panthers will do that. Six to nine is going to be really weird. I think that's also going to be the the point where like any potential trades are going down. Like you could really make a case for any of those teams, honestly. Trading or doing something for the first time in like I, I mean, was it three years? We're not picking in top ten. Um, I'm really excited to see how this draft plays out just from an NFL perspective, not even the Giants. I'm with Bobby. It doesn't matter who the Giants pick at 11. I'm not going to get upset. I don't think I'm going to throw my beer at the TV. I'm going to be completely fine. 
Unless it's a quarterback. No quarterbacks. Unless it's Mac Jones. <laughs> no quarterbacks. Oh, man. Zero. It would be a melt. It would be, I would, I would have a meltdown of the Giants. I delete my Twitter. I would literally yeah. delete Twitter and just try, positional value, Bobby. Positional value. <laughs> Bobby, who's your pick for the Broncos at nine? Trey Lance. Here's a fun fact Pat Shermer's best QB he ever called plays for is Daniel Jones. Hmm. But think about it. Sam Bradford, <laughs> Case Keenum, no. Sam Bradford with the Rams, no. Colt McCoy, Brandon Whedon, no. Daniel Jones is the best quarterback Pat Shermer's ever called plays for. In the but then can game. we agree that after Daniel Jones, it's Case Keenum? Because that's where I'm at. Case Keenum over Sam Bradford any day of the I think You know what? Case there. Keenum beat out Sam Bradford, essentially, so I'll yep. say it I'll say it too. I was hyped when that happened. And then, he, you know, he got blown out by the Eagles during that. That was such a weird season when the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, they smoked the Vikings in the postseason that year with Case Keenum. But, hey, hell of a run. Hell of a run. All right, boys. So now it's uh, 10 Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Satan for the Dallas Cowboys. Same. Murph? Just makes sense. I, I, I go back and forth with him and Horn here, but. Well, you already took Horn in yours. No. To the Panthers, right? I did. No, he did. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to go Sertan here just because, like you said, he's the most polished out of all, both of them. Um. Fuck, I don't want them to get Parsons. Yeah, and I didn't take Parsons. Oh, no, I did take Parsons. I sent him to the Lions in this one. Um, okay, Sertan. That's easy. All right, so now that leaves the Giants on the clock. Both of my wide receivers are still available. Neither Slater nor Horn. Uh, no, Horn's still available as well, but I'm not high on Horn. So, Murph, in your scenario, who do you have available? You know who I want to take. But I got to take Devontae today. Tino? Well, no, I hate I hate my pick so far. So <laughs> you have to give me a second. I almost forgot everyone I took. I'm, I'm like dating myself. Um, All right. So uh, I really want to take Jalen Waddle, But I'm going AVT. I like Elijah Vera Tucker. He comes in, plays guard right away. The best guard on the team. Protecting Daniel Jones. I believe in Darius Slayton. More than most, which is a part of this. Shep in the slot, Kenny Galladay. Hopefully, we could trade Evan Ingram. And I'm going AVT. Do you think 11 is too early for AVT? No. It's just those wide receivers are so tempting. Like, if if Slater, Waddle, and Smith ended up being off the board, and it's like, you know, like, say Sertain doesn't go, another fifth QB doesn't go, and Parsons doesn't go, then it'd be no issue. But it's just I love those wide receivers so much. So people have said that AVT can be a all pro guard. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's not a guarantee. He's not like a he's not like a guarantee. But, but I, I like AVT, also, and I do not subscribe to the idea of oh that you can't get a guard, that you don't draft a guard in the first round. I, I mean, look at look at bus rates for wide receivers in the first round. Like look at like when you go through round two and three. And you're like, wow, look at that guy, round two, round three. It's like always wide receiver. So this idea that you can't get guards, you can, like, and with the positional value thing, that always annoys me. It's like, well, you can get those guys later. It's like, yeah, but you're not guaranteed to. And and, and you can get at literally every position later. Um, and so I understand it with running backs. I get it. But with guard, I miss me with any positional value. You don't take a guard at 11. That's like one of the stupid draft rules. Like, I mean, we obviously deal with this as Giant fans with running backs in the first round, but it's like the same thing. Like, I feel like the only thing that's approved in the first round is over 
picking quarterbacks and receivers. Like that's the only thing everyone can mutually agree on. Half the draft in the first round has to be QBs and receivers every season. QB offensive tackle um, receiver. Here's something I want to point out. Have you noticed the, the positional value people are like, Oh, but hopefully we don't take an edge. It's like, I thought you guys talk about how you just swing (laughs) on certain positions and edge is one of them. How come all of a sudden we're not just swinging on positions with edge that crap hits Mm -hmm. pisses me off so much. It's like, you don't pick players you pick positions and it's all random like no it's random to you to these guys it can't be random like their jobs are on the line you have to pick the right players well bobby the best argument that i had about positional value with someone right because i'm like i'm taking the best player available in the first round so now if that matches positional value great so somebody's like well what if a punter is the best player available i'm like when the fuck is a punter ever the best available player in the first round like stop like now you're going like way too far out, like on your extreme for positional value. Like it's, it, it, it's dumb, but. Those same people are the same ones that are banging the table for wide receiver. No coincidence. So I remember. That we don't need a wide receiver, but if you want to play the positional value game, edge certainly comes before wide receiver. I don't want to take Bobby's pick, but I think I have to because I remember. So it's Slater's gone, Horn's gone, Satan's gone, Pitts is gone. I really did not like those picks, and I don't like picking for Murph, so I'll probably never do that again. But in our scenario before, I didn't mention um, I have no problem taking because I I really do like uh, Vera Tucker and Slayton kind of the same because of uh, Slater because of what they do. So, um, yeah, I have no problem with AVT there in my shitty scenario. I don't think it'll pan out that way, but in that world, I would not be mad if Vera Tucker was the pick either. So at 11, I think I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. Sorry, Bobby, only because I think that we can get a guard. Even Landon Dickerson can slide over to guard if you want to keep Gates at center. So I, I think we can get a guy like Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphrey in the second round. If you told me Dickerson's there, I'm on board. If you say D- Landon Dickerson will be there at 42, then I'm I'm switching my pick to Jalen Waddle. I just don't know if he will. If we draft Dickerson, though, Gates to guard. If we draft Dickerson, I'm not going taking him to guard though. He's center. I want him handling the ball, which is fine. But then I want him handling the balls, Mage. We have that flexibility with uh, Gates though, also. So even if Dickerson goes, same question I proposed to Bobby just now. Creed Humphrey and then move Gates to guard. I'd be okay with it, but Dickerson to me is on a different level than Humphrey. Mm-hmm. That's good fair. Ball. Dickerson's really good, in my opinion. If he didn't have injury issues, he'd be like a top like 20, 25 pick. Yeah. All right, boys. So if that is going to conclude the NFL draft talk. So now Murph and I are going to awkwardly watch Tino and Bobby make out as they talk about the New Jersey Nets. You well, say we can... that as an insult. I love here in New Jersey Nets. Yeah, listen, I, I, I'm I a Bulls to... fan. We haven't been relevant for like the last 30 years. So. Let's start with this. The Knicks lost uh, today, so they snapped their nine-game winning streak. Oh, you started – not even a Knicks fan. Now the, now the, the Wizards. The just starts with the Knicks. This like, Wizards team that. is different. They're on an eight, the Wizards are on an eight-game winning streak, bro. They The Wizards are back. Yeah, Wizards are back. Uh, the Knicks were back. Hate to see them losing to the Nets today. Uh, the Suns today, who lost to the Nets yesterday. So I guess by that logic, the Nets are still better than the Knicks. Uh, Bobby, they're in first place. It feels good to be a part of a winning. Oh no, season. shit! You signed everybody that you possibly could. I oh, think yeah. John Stockton came back to play for the Nets. Please uh, bring that's everybody the reason back. The NBA bring sucks. Kobe back from the dead. I'll take everybody. I just I want just, a freaking NBA championship so bad. I literally, it's like if it's like, hey. 
you have to pay for the championship, I'll pay for it. I want a championship more than anything. Oh, my I've God. Never... New York deserves a championship. But what I don't understand is why everyone's allowed to shit talk all the good players we have, make fun of them, call them fat, tell Blake Griffin he can't dunk, can't shoot, he's washed, all these terrible things. Then he comes here and does good, and now everyone's pissed. Everyone's going to talk shit about how good – like their insults are now changing to compliments, and it's like, guys, just stop. Just – Mage, I've told you this from the beginning. Just be a part of it. It's okay. Here's the it's thing. okay. I, I told hey, Mage, you guys, you're I, a bandwagon Bulls fan. We all know you joined with MJ. Ryan's <laughs> doing the same shit to me, man. She's trying to suck me into that Knicks bullshit. Ain't happening. I told you guys, I grew, up, I grew up as a Bulls fan. I, I, I spent all of my 80s and 90s, I, I mean, I, honestly, happy as pig shit. I got to see six championships. But I like the Nets. I live here in New Jersey. I like the Nets. I grew up with Derek Coleman, Drazen Petrovic, Kerry Kittle, Jason Kidd. I grew up with those guys. Where did they I hurt like you? Keith Van Horn. Where did they hurt you that you just don't support them anymore, Maze? I, I like the Nets. I, I, I like them going up against in the NBA championship. I was rooting for the Nets. I just I hate the fucking NBA where it is right now. But literally, oh, LeBron has done this for years. LeBron has done this for years. You're just mad that. And I hate LeBron for that reason. First of all, LeBron it's LeBron's is NBA. Hate the NBA for that reason, but the Nets are just playing the game. The Nets. Fuck are- the game. The game's ruined. LeBron, LeBron better at it. On for a whole different reason at this point because he's tone deaf. He has absolutely. He's he's completely disengaged with the world. He has no idea what's going on. Fuck LeBron. Are you watching Space Jam 2? Are you watching Space Jam 2? I need to know. Are you going to watch it? I don't know if my kids want to. Probably. Yeah, you're watching it. I'm watching it. And it's not even, it's just because, hey, Space Jam 1 was huge. So it's like, I got to watch the second one. But I'm almost worried about it for that reason. I I don't think I'm going to watch it right away. Like, I'm I'm not going to have huge expectations. And I won't have you, but it's like, it's kind of going to be like a require. I got to watch it. I may like it. I may not. I'll watch Uncle Drew to warm up to it because, by the way, he's also on the Nets. And, and, you know, it's beautiful that Kevin Durant... And I love Kyrie. Kyrie's from New Jersey. Kevin Durant just calling his own number, said he wanted to challenge himself, you know, with like six games left in the season, come off the bench, still drop 33. It's just like, you know, let's just find ways to get ourselves better, Bobby. Kevin and- Durant's a fucking mess. Let me just say, I, that guy's another basket case. I, I mean, like oh, his, though. There's like Kyrie is kind of like he can be annoying. I actually kind of like it with Kevin Durant. I like the way he shits talk people. He shit talks people. Like... Some people, it's like that, you know, you can tell it gets them. You can tell he's having fun with it. It used to, you know, like he changed from where it used to get, which was now he's just having fun. But he, he made a burner account because he was upset with the shit that people were talking about when he was on Golden State. Like, how sensitive are you as a multi-millionaire basketball player? Like, honestly, like, if I was at the top of, a, a top of the basketball world, I could care less what people were saying about me. I'm the one that's out there on the court every single day, making millions of dollars. One of the best in the game. Why is he arguing with fucking Michael Rappaport? I don't know. Well, look, you know, I stand by my guy. So um, it's totally cool with me. He called him a pussy bitch. And you know what? I think that's what he was. If that's what Duran is telling me he said, and he thinks he is, I agree with him. Um I'll tell you what, I am a little upset that LaMarcus Aldridge uh, retired, though. Not granted, he had the health issue. But I would have liked to seen him get one championship at least before retiring. I think they probably still give him a ring um, when they win this. Yeah, he'll still give him, we'll still give him a ring when we win the yeah, championship. Yeah, but we're a good organization, Mage. We take care of ours. You know, once in that, always in that. You know, that's just the way that goes. 
They actually, by the way, they did tweet that, 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 that they told him that uh, I, I hope every New York team doesn't just take that because obviously the giants were first, but yeah, they said once and that only in that. I just you know, know talking giants downfall is going to be the Nets winning a championship and all the Knicks fans just hating me with the passion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, Tino, you asked a question, you know, when I saw hate in the Brooklyn Nets, what? when they became the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that's fair. That's usually the start for a lot of people, but I mean, um, look, that's not their choice. And if anything, you got to be happy for them. They left the fucking shitty eyes odd center and went to a place that appreciated them in Brooklyn. Well, they were playing at the Central Center. Yeah, I have actually never been to Barclays Center. I wouldn't call them the Brooklyn Nets for a long time. I I just still call them the New Jersey, like for like a few years, and people would get annoyed with me. But it's like the New Jersey Nets always. But Bobby, who's your favorite? All right, I want to phrase this the right way because I have an answer for this, and like it's just a random person. But like, who's like your favorite net? But like Jason like, Kidd, I fell in Kidd, love with basketball but, with Jason Kidd. But like, all right, I'm gonna say mine. It's Nene Kristich because Kristich used to. Hold I believed him. in him so much. I was like, so we finally much. got our center. We don't have. We needed a center. Nene Kristich is it. You know, yeah. the Kembe Mutombo came in and sucked. Jason Collins sucked. Uh, Nene Kristich was supposed to be it. I remember him averaging 12 points and nine boards a game. Mm-hmm. I, I was a big right. Nene Kristich believer. Yeah, and I hated Jason Collins, so. <laughs> like, I'm disappointed in both of you. It should be Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley. No, that I was don't before my time. The thing is, I loved RJ, actually. Out of all of them, I actually liked Richard Jefferson probably the most when I was growing up. Uh, met him at an Outback, so I always, you know, you know, hold, held it down for him, shook my hand, gave me an autograph, no big deal, on a fucking menu. Like, what am I going to do with this? That's Richard, am I going to frame my Outback menu? This isn't – like, we couldn't have done anything else, sign my hat, uh, but – no, yeah. Outside Kristen, of Jason Kidd, I'll say Kerry Kittles because he played through that old regime and then he was there for the NBA Finals runs. I like Joe too. Uh, my favorite Brooklyn net uh, for a while here was ISO Joe. Joe Johnson, still one of the clutchest players I think I've ever seen. He was so clutch. If, if we're going Brooklyn Nets, Levert. Levert was my guy. Mm. I don't have, you know, I, I really don't have any emotional attachment with the Blairs. Like they traded those guys. Like it didn't. Yeah. Follow me. I, I like Jared Allen, but it's like even like these Jared guys. Like, it's like I was like I don't love KD. I don't love Kyrie. I don't love Harden. I just want them to win me a freaking championship because I'm a Nets fan. Whereas, like that, the Jason Kidd, Kittles, Jefferson, Kenyon Martin teams will always be like my favorite teams, no matter what. Kenyon Martin was just the fucking man, and we just I mean, let him walk because we are cheap assholes. Yeah, no. I actually <laughs> met Kenyon Martin at Pier One Imports in Secaucus. He, He's a bad motherfucker, Kenyon Martin. Is he nice to you, Mage? Uh, it was when he first got signed. I remember he was uh with his girlfriend, a fiance, or whatever at the time, and she was like buying a whole bunch of shit. And he's like, "Baby, I haven't even got my first check yet." <laughs> Most of the time, they blow that first check. So yeah, he almost was, killed J.R. Smith. Yeah, J.R. Smith was, like put like popcorn in his car, and I, yeah. Chauncey Billups tells the story. He's like, I literally had to convince Kenyon Martin to not kill him. That was the best fucking NBA team. Phillips, Kmart, Mello, Iverson. That's the best game I've ever seen. The Nets lost, but I got to watch that Nuggets team, and they scored combined like 280 points. It was like 140 to 140. It was just ridiculous. Mello dropped like a 40 bomb, and like, yeah. I play play 2K, and my brother, the only team you could beat me with is that Nuggets team. Like you said, you have AI – J.R. Smith, Carmelo, Kenyon Martin, and then like Nene and Canby at center. It's like it's just impossible to beat them on two. That J.R. Smith 
I mean, he was smoking some good shit in Denver. He wasn't smoking the shit he was in L.A., dude, and definitely not in Cleveland. Um, but he was on some other shit. Super, super athletic. J.R. Smith used to be a big-time hooper and used to throw it down a lot. Obviously, not so much. J.R. Smith was a damn good basketball player. He's just a character. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this question then. So who is your biggest threat in the East to the New Jersey Nets right now? I, I guess. Is it Philly? I say the I say the Heat still. I like the Heat last year. I think they sneak up on people all the time. They're a team that the Nets would probably have to face because they're a, a deeper um, seed. Like I don't. I want Miami to stay where they are right now at like the sixth seed, uh, so we don't really have to see them. I'm not worried about. Miami's Philly. currently seventh. Three games. Yeah, and so if they, yeah, so if somehow, however, the play-in works. I know the play-in's really fucking weird this year. I don't want to see Miami in the first round. I think they're a lot better than people think. Um, dude, I'm not scared about Philly, and we wouldn't have to see them to the conference championship. I'm not scared of anybody, really, and I I know that sounds cocky, but I'm not. No. The the Nets are deep, though. Everyone shit on them. The only issue is having Aldridge gave us a center, they don't really have that big man anymore. But if DeAndre could kind of give us what he's been giving us, they play the way – they have a team that can beat the Lakers. That's all that matters. I'm telling you that's – And a lot of DeAndre Jordan shit is effort. Like, it's – Watching him when he's not trying is so frustrating. It's like, dude, you don't even box out. Like, what are you even doing on the court? So when he's actually giving effort, like he can be halfway decent, even though I hate him. Like he's but the player. He's the one player play, I just can't stand. They always play Blake or uh, Jeff Green, and if they can't both of them at the same time, because that's just what the NBA is: stretch fours and fives. Now, Everyone yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, we're just run your ass out of the court. I get it. Embiid can do some stuff, but until the Sixers actually do it. I'm not betting on them to do it just because they got Doc Rivers and added Seth Curry and Danny Green. Like I'm, I'm definitely not the Bucks either. They need, yeah, the Bucks. I I think they're being a little slept on, but I'm just really to me, it's like my eyes are on the Lakers. I hate to say it, but it's 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 really my biggest fear is injury. That's my biggest fear for, as a Nets fan is, is injury. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys that though, right? So right now the Nets are in first place, 21 games over 500 in the East, but who do you think is your biggest threat to the NBA championship? Uh, there are three teams that have more wins than the Nets in the West. Don't so be the, the Suns, the regard the jazz, the jazz is Donovan Mitchell coming back. No, right. I, I don't know. And if he is, I mean, I'm sure he was not going to be a hundred percent. And the, the other thing, it's the Lakers, the Lakers, are the only team because they have Anthony Davis, <laughs> obviously LeBron, but Anthony Davis is the difference maker. Cause he can play the five. And not be run off the court. That's the and only a team. Super freak defensively. Like yeah. when he wants to take over a game and bound, that's the issue with the Nets. They're super lazy on defense. Super, super lazy, which is understandable. about the Clippers. No, I'm not worried about the Clippers. They beat themselves. Like that's the thing. And people sleep on this. Us Nets fans know we belong here. We've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. This isn't new to us. Like this, there are some pieces here. Like this team. This is a whole different team, though. This is yeah, but top team. heavy, top heavy is top heavy. Joe Harris. Please, no one mentioned Joe Harris's name until we get to the playoffs. He's literally going to. We have good depth. Think about eight man rotation. We have Kyrie, KD, Harden. That's the big three. You got Joe Harris, who's starting. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say Blake, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown. And who would be who would be the eighth? Well, they're going to have Andre Jordan. Andre Moore. I mean, that's your eight man rotation right there. I, I mean, Bruce Brown is a great defender. He does that little nitty gritty stuff. He's a great play. He'd be a great playoff performer. Well, they have Shamit too, who plays the guard. Shamit. So you got a nine. You got a decent nine man rotation. Yeah, and we guys, we got guys that are sporadic. And here's the here's the catch, Mage. We have Kevin Durant. 
It doesn't matter. Yeah. Harden, Harden's issue, Harden's going to need Durant more than he knows come playoff time because Harden hasn't exactly done it before. But he has Kyrie and Durant. Durant is cold, my guy. Cold. Yeah. Harden's become, playing point guard. He's stupid. It's stupid. It's not fair how good he is at playing basketball. You don't realize how good of a passer Harden is until you see him make your shitty players better. There were people. That was when it was like, okay, maybe I should stop disrespecting this. They still think Harden's the same player looking to score 40, 50 points a night. They, I don't think they've watched any of the nets. They just hate Harden because he had the fat suit. Like, dude, he's different now. 11, 12 assists a game. He's the post of their offense. And when Kyrie's shooting, um, it flows, man. It flows. So what you tell me is you're worried about the Houston Rockets out of the West. Yes. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Man, I mean, how you talk about fall from grace with the Houston Rockets. The Thunder, though. Talk about it not fall from grace because they're going to The be Rockets a- traded for the wrong guy. Why would they trade for Oladipo for LeVert? Why so John dumb. Wall? Why John Wall? I don't yeah. understand John Wall either. Definitely. You're not too, right? Yep. He's always out for the year, John Wall. Oh, yeah. it's like they tried to keep it going and it just it fell apart after that. But well, that was Nets talk, so that was fun. I don't get to do that a lot, so this was therapeutic. No, it's Bobby, I have to ask you though, do you feel fulfilled with your Nets talk? Of course, man, especially Tino. Tino knows what he's talking about. Tino. I got Murph pissed off at me right now. <laughs> um, I'm not pissed uh, off, eh? Murph. The Rangers <laughs> are doing a little okay. puppy, but Murph, yeah, the Rangers are. Uh, they, they, they got hot too late, man. They're not going to make oh, it, but man, they called up some young kids and they're still rolling. They're beating the shit out of everybody, but they're not going to make the playoffs. It's hey, be- but Murph, the Knicks are in fourth place. I know. I told you. Ryan's trying to suck me into that bullshit. I'm not having it. Knicks it. fans should be having fun. You should just shut the fuck up about the Nets. That's the shit that annoys me. I, first like, of all, no, no one cares about the Knicks Nets. Fan. It's like you're chanting our name after the game about the Nets. When like Carmelo guys clearly left care. New York, NBA didn't matter anymore. No, but it's man. like the thing is, the running joke is like, yeah, but the Nets t- still can't get a headline. It's like, yeah, we're not going to get a headline till we're the only team left, which we fucking will be. Like, it's so – it's like you can have the entire regular season. That's what I love about it. And, like, dude, everyone's worried about the Nets injuries too. LeBron just took half a season off too. AD yeah. did the same thing. AD is more injury prone than any of our players. Yep. Um, but they're well. And well I view us as far as like relevance. Like, look at the Warriors. No one gave a shit about the Warriors. It was the Lakers and even the Clippers were ahead of the Warriors. No one cared about the Warriors, but they got good and were consistently good. And all of a sudden, the Warriors are like a household name. That's the same thing it's going to be with the Nets. If we can continue this run, we'll see what happens if these guys stay. But we're now like a very, like, desirable destination you know 100 percent. and i don't mind people just taking their buyouts and coming here for one year i also wanted to uh, give one shout out and gambling tip for everyone because the nba season's almost done bet the warriors in the playoffs they're right now in a 10 spot i would bet them to play in games just because and if they somehow get to the eight seed they're playing an injured jazz team and i just think steph curry is that good they're going to be dogs the whole way they're going to be dogs every game and for the series and out of all the teams that are exciting me right now I won't bet the Warriors in the playoffs, man. I think I think Steph in the postseason is fucking super exciting. So I, I think well, I think they have a shot at upsetting some teams in the West. Tino, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just got an alert that says D'Lo ices the game with a layup. So speaking of the Nets and the Warriors, D'Angelo Perfect. Russell. Oh, yeah. As long as y'all beat LeBron, I don't. I'll root for you. <laughs> That's as a lot of people, Knicks fans, conflicted as they hate like. LeBron so much and it's like man I, you know 
I tr- struggle because I want to be extremely insufferable when the Nets win, but I also understand my audience is a Giants audience or all Knicks fans. And I know that shit could like make people hate me. So I, I, I may just have to do like a couple tweets and just the rest of mine. I'll just like make my own like Nets burner account to tweet from. We'll just, we'll both make burners and then just like communicate through that. So I'm down with that. Dude, people just don't like the Nets and, and, and I kind of get it, but like hating's not good for your skin. So I think people would just, honestly, I think people are upset with uh, basketball in general. I would uh, be I too. Mean, but be more mad about the slam dunk contest in the Brooklyn Nets, because don't forget that was the worst display of basketball or any entertainment I've ever seen in my life. The NBA dunk contest should be ashamed of themselves to be ashamed of themselves. I did want to say though, Murph, um, you know, I know that the Knicks are in fourth place, but I've seen this song and dance as a Bulls fan with Tom Thibodeau. Enjoy Not a fucking it. Knicks fan. Stop labeling me that Enjoy shit. Enjoy it while it lasts. All right? Not a Knicks fan. You are a Knicks fan. Haven't no. watched an NBA game in maybe three years, two years at least. Since China took over? I don't think I've watched a game no, I, since I, LeBron. I'm sorry. This is not the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I've watched a game since the Warriors – Cavs finals. While we were on the topic of China, I do I still find it funny that the president of China hates Pooh Bear because people make fun of him and, and fun of him totally <laughs> looks like Pooh Bear. That you is ever seen South Park. <laughs> that's where I saw it. That's where I saw that initially. Was that? <laughs> that's the Mickey Mouse episode, I think, or the Disney episode. Oh, I think we're gonna have to wrap up on the Pooh Bear threat. <laughs> you know, thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate no problem, it. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. Really appreciate you having you. Um, you're welcome anytime. No invite needed. So uh, make sure you check out Bobby and uh, Justin Pennick on Talking Giants, at Talking Giants, on Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Right, Bobby? Or, uh, Anything else you like to plug? Uh, don't forget our Facebook. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. You guys are my people. Uh, I love coming on with you. And um, you know, you say no invite, but and how about inviting me a little more? I don't like. I don't like to be the guy that inv- invites myself. So how about how about we get some more invites out? <laughs> I totally agree. Absolutely, man. I mean, look, you're welcome anytime. So, what's up, Mirth? You had a final thought? Just wish I could go to sleep right now and wake up on Thursday morning, boys. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Jeff will almost be here. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Next couple days are just going to be fucking brutal. Just I'm sure you'll put out another misleading tweet before then. What do you guys can't wait for it? What rumor do you want me to start next? Just play him like you played me in the beginning of this. Just say Evan Ingram could be on the Uh, move. Seriously, I mean, I I, I got a lot of people. (laughs) Like contrary to um, like you know earlier beliefs, the Giants are quietly shopping Evan Ingram or something like that. You know. Yeah. Sources say they are looking for uh, a day two pick in return. And then just put where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> Maybe I'll just wait till Thursday to quote tweet it and say I wasn't joking. Sources are still telling me this. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Clapback Sports. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace and love, everyone.